I cannot wait to introduce my guest today, Brittany Crane from Get Out There Girl. Oh my goodness, you guys are going to love this conversation. Brittany shares all about how she has built a practice of self-compassion and love for her body when she spent years hating her body and constantly fighting against it. And we just had an absolutely beautiful conversation about how to find the happy balance of self-compassion and doing those things that serve your body and stepping into change and and all of that. So I hope this episode is a a very feel-good episode for you, especially as we at this time, you know, enter into the new year and you know, there's messages all around us, not even just in the new year, but it's especially heavy during the new year of, of um, announcements or, new, or, you know, just, just seeing constantly messages of body change and all of that. So I hope this episode really helps you get centered and um, enter the new year feeling centered and feeling like you know exactly um, what what the right answer for you is. And I just want to remind you really quickly before we dive into the episode that I am um, taking on one-on-one clients in beginning in January. And if you are looking to heal your relationship with your body and get out of diet cycle and create sustainable change and and get out of your own head and, and start creating those actions that align with the woman of wellness that you want to become and get out of diet mentality and get out of the shame cycle and continually feeling like you're not making any progress, that's what coaching is going to do for you. So please go to a womanofwellness.com forward slash coaching if you want um, someone to work with you on that. And without further ado, I am very excited to have you listen to my interview with Brittany and she shares all about um, how she uses nature to serve her body and love her body and show up for her body. And so if you are local to Utah, we'd love to have you come join on some hikes, but she also has um, so many wonderful resources that she shares. And so I'd love for you to give her a follow on Instagram. We have all of those links on the, um, in the show notes and enjoy. Welcome to the woman of wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food love her body, and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, It's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself, beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself, and I'm here to help you discover it. Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. 
It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable. And I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, my friends, I am so excited to have another guest episode today. Today, we are talking to Brittany from Get Out There Girl, and we recently met on a hike through a mutual friend. She organizes hikes, and it was so fun, and I knew I wanted to have her join us on the podcast because I wanted to share a little bit about her bio with you because I think you guys will instantly relate to her Um, and everything we talk about around here. So I'm going to read a little bit of her bio and then let her introduce herself a little bit more. Brittany is an adventure junkie who knows the power of nature, which is where we met. She organizes outdoor events and facilitates connection for women. And here's what I love. She is a self-compassion advocate who helps women uncover their critical voices and treat themselves like they would treat a good friend. Brittany is on a mission to help women thrive at life. You're in the right spot by connecting with nature through high adventure retreats, connecting with themselves through self-compassion and connecting with other women through vulnerability. And everyone here instantly connects with you because that's everything we talk about. So welcome, Brittany. Will you just introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit more about you? Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Um, I guess three kind of crazy things about me is this year I bought a farm. I had a baby and I am also trying to adopt another baby right now. So those are kind of three welcome to my circus life. <laughs> that sounds so fun. <laughs> circus sounds really fun, right? It's always fun when you look back and say, oh yeah, this is fun. It's it's a wild circus. <laughs> it's a wild. You only live once, right? Making the most yeah. of it. That is so fun. Well, I'm so glad to have you here with us today, sharing a little bit more about having self-compassion for our bodies and not letting our bodies, wherever they may be, maybe if they're not where we want them to be or not at the goal that we have for ourselves, still learning to show up, show up in our bodies. And you do that so beautifully, I think, in, in helping women show up in nature, right? Show up outside. And I've had many conversations with clients who have wanted to go hiking or do some sort of adventure. And they have this mindset that they have to lose weight before they do it. Like the weight is the thing holding them back. And, you know, as we work together, we realize that it's not that right. Our body, their bodies are really capable of, of everything, no matter where we're at. And so I really wanted to bring light to that conversation today. And so will you just share kind of, let's start from the beginning. Will you share why and how you got into this journey of self-compassion? Because I know you have a little bit of your own story in this, in this arena. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I grew up, um, I always say chubby. Um, I grew up a little bit softer. I grew up very unhealthy. Um, and I just didn't know how to fuel my body. I didn't know what the purpose of my body was other than an ornament. It was, you know, I love, um, beauty redefined and they say your body's an instrument, not an ornament. Um, and I really did treat my body like an ornament. I thought it was just to look at, and I didn't know, how to do anything other than try to be skinny, but then I didn't have the willpower to say no to the treats. And I, so I just grew up unhealthy, um, mentally and physically. And it wasn't until I actually had postpartum depression with my third baby, I went and got help 
And after getting to know me a little bit, my therapist was like, have you ever heard of self-compassion? I think it would be a good fit for you. Mm. And handed me a book by Kristen Neff called Self-Compassion. And I just devoured it and it spoke to my soul. And it felt like it like got into all the nooks and crannies that had been missing in my, in my, um, in my spirit. And it just lit me up where I was like, oh my gosh, I think that this could work. And so I started experimenting and I started trying, um, to be kind to myself, to treat myself like a friend would. And so every time I would want to put myself down when I would look in the mirror or try clothes on or anything that would fuel a negative thought, um, instead I was like, no, I'm trying self-compassion and I'm going to treat myself like a friend. If a friend came to me and said this, what would I say back to her? And it completely changed the conversation in my head where instead of being negative and being like, Brittany, put down the brownie. You don't need that. Like start, like my motivation was all physical as far as like fit into those pants or you have this upcoming party that you want to look good for or whatever it was it was always superficial. Um, and so soon as I shifted that mindset in my head where I started being kind, then the mindset shifted too, where it wasn't, the motivation wasn't my appearance. Suddenly the motivation was the kindness and my value where I was like, whoa, I didn't realize I'd been speaking so negatively to myself that like it would move me to tears where I was like, I'm so mean to myself. And I didn't even notice like it was so natural to me that I wasn't picking up on all of the mean things that I was saying until I stopped myself and started paying attention. And then I got curious and I was like, okay, why, why am I being so mean to myself? Where's this coming from? Where did this negative voice start? And why do I think that that, what do I think the purpose of that is? Like, what is being mean going to, um, produce. And so after journaling and getting really curious about that, um, I started seeing how I was raised Mm -hmm. and different things where, you know, my, I have a story about my grandma, which, um, kind of just illustrates it. So my grandma is amazing. We call her Chinny and I love her. Um, she, we went on a family reunion several years ago where we rented a giant house in St. George. We had all the grandkids, great grandkids together. Um, we were having the best time. And then one day she and my mom decided to go to TJ Maxx and buy some new clothes. TJ Maxx is their favorite store. Why not? Right. So they went and bought some clothes. She didn't try anything on. She came back. She had a little casita separate from every, all the noisy kids. She went and tried on her clothes and they didn't fit. And then she stayed inside her room for two days. And we were like, where's Ginny? Like all the little kids are, the great grandkids are asking for her. And my mom's like, she is pretty depressed. She didn't fit into the clothes that she bought at TJ Maxx. And so she's sad and she's staying in her room. And I'm like, she's 87 years old. Mm. Like what? Why would she like, what does she think she looks like? Like she's 87. Like, was she trying to be a supermodel? Like, I just, it really hit me then where I was like, she is missing out on all of these snuggles, on all of this fun time with all of the people that she's always missing and always wanting to see because of her appearance. And I thought, why is she doing that at 87 years old? And then I realized she's doing it at 87 because she did it at 67. 
She did it at 67 because she did it at 47. And at 47, she did it at 27. And I realized then I wasn't just going to snap my fingers and change. Like age wasn't going to make it so that all of a sudden I loved my body and I was okay with it. I had to fight and I had to work on my mental, um, my mental mindset if I was going to be happy with myself at 87. It wasn't just going to change. And why, if I didn't want to worry about it at 87, why would I worry about it at 47? There are so many other things that I could put my energy into rather than my body and what I look like. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I still in the morning, I'll get ready. I'll do my hair. I'll put my makeup on. But then I spend my energy into everything else the rest of the day. I don't worry about my appearance. I don't think about I'm not self-conscious and think, oh, well, I can't go up and introduce myself to that person today because I didn't put my makeup on today. I like I, I don't look good enough. I want to make a good first impression. And so I'm not going to go introduce myself to that new per- that new neighbor today. I'm going to wait until I look good, which I've done all of those things before. Like you name it, I've done it. Like I have this battle with my body has been, you know, a 38 year battle that I've struggled with. And I wish I could say that I have solved it all. And I just completely embrace all of my, my body and its imperfection imperfections, but I still struggle. Like it's still a battle that I'm fighting, but it's a battle that I'm winning. And on the days that I'm struggling a little more. So I have an awesome husband who's like, Brittany, treat yourself like a friend. What would you say? And I'm like, thank you for the reminder, because you're right. I am being too hard on myself and I need to give myself some grace. And I would never say that to a friend and I change it. And it, you know, some days it takes a little more effort than others, but it works. Self-compassion is the best thing I think to take away um, comparison and any type of jealousy that you might feel with somebody else, because you're not looking at anybody else. You're just focusing on you and you're being kind to you. It's really crazy when you're mean to yourself is when you start lashing out at others and you start maybe not lashing out verbally, but mentally you'll have those mean thoughts about other people. If you're having mean thoughts about yourself, you're probably having mean thoughts about or judgmental thoughts about other people too. And so once you change your narrative and start being kind to yourself, it starts spilling out everywhere where you're, you start judging other people less where, you know, I used to see people in bikinis and be like, Oh my gosh, I could never wear a bikini if that was my body. Like I thought a bikini had to be like a really perfect magazine body. Right. And now I'm like, why would I ever say that? Like, that was so judgmental of me. Like rock on sister. You're wearing that bikini. It's a swimsuit. It's not a statement. It's not anything else other than a swimsuit. Like, why did I place other meanings to it? And so anyway, I'm going on and I'm rambling, but I just want to self-compassion spills over to every aspect of your life. It's helped my marriage. It's helped my parenting. It's helped my friendships. Um, every aspect of my life, not just my body has been in, um, has gotten better since I've applied self-compassion. I love that. And what you really are saying is that self-compassion is a practice. You know, it's something that you don't just all of a sudden, you're not all of a sudden quote fixed, if that's the right word. It's something that you have to practice regularly. And I would be willing to bet that there are a lot of women here that can absolutely relate to many of these things. And as I was thinking kind of about that bikini story, 
there are a lot of women who can relate to that. You know, sometimes when, when I coach with women, I ask, you know, I ask them, you know, are, is that we talk about, you know, are you worthy of showing up as you are? And one of the questions that I bring in is like, do you think other people are like, is she okay to wear the bikini? And it's very interesting, the conversations that we have, because sometimes they come up and there's no right or wrong answer. It's it's what we believe in. And sometimes it's like, no, I don't think she should wear the bikini, you know? And, and it makes sense, right? It makes sense because our brains are wired. And something that you said that like resonated with me for anyone that is struggling with um, you know, the way that they grew up or the messages that they heard, maybe good intention messages, maybe not. That's okay. Either way is that wherever you're at, whatever age you're at, wherever you're at in your life, you have the power to stop that generational shame. Yep. And isn't that beautiful, right? That you had a moment where you identified something that was holding your grandma back from experiencing a fullness of life and you saw this is the path that I'm headed if I don't switch directions if I don't choose to take on the practice of self-compassion yep exactly yeah and I have three daughters that I don't want to pass that on to like I don't want them to ever waste their time you know I see how beautiful they are and I don't want them ever to think otherwise yeah, it's been so interesting. I have a seven-year-old boy who could not care less about any sort of appearance. You know, if he's got clothes on, he's just fine. Um, but it's so fascinating. My four-year-old daughter already has moments where she comes home and she told me that someone in her preschool te- class used the word fat and told her she was fat. And I was like, wait, what? Is this actually? I guess I just didn't even think it was happening. And and it was weird. One day she, I and I, I, I played it off really good, I think. But one day she sat down on the chair and she's like, look, mom, my legs are touching. And it was kind of a weird, like, is this coming from somewhere? Like it very, it felt very like she, she didn't, you know, it was just very weird. Cause we don't have those kinds of conversations in our house. We don't talk, we, we don't, we have love for our bodies and all of that. But I just, I, I think that we have to be aware that it's going to always surround us. And what you're doing is you're fortifying yourself. You're fortifying your daughters and your family to say, this is what I believe. This is the practice that I have. No matter what you hear someone else doing or how they choose to, you know, judge or or perceive things, this is how I'm going to do it. And you brought this idea of being a friend to yourself, creating a relationship with your body, right? So I wanted to kind of, I wanted to step into a little bit of maybe practical approach because you're still in the messy middle and everyone here can relate to that. And we're all so grateful that you say, I'm still in the messy middle. I'm still trying to navigate some of these feelings, you know, and you mentioned your postpartum and and there are, uh, you know, feelings that go on in there. Our bodies are very different and they change. And um, how, how do you kind of get yourself to a place or what does it look like to balance this idea of my body is good where it is. I am. And I, it's still worthy of being taken care of. So I love what you brought in this idea. Maybe this will better answer, ask the question, this idea of 
it's okay to have the feelings that I have about my body and the things that I do to work through it. And I also choose to take care of it where it's at, right? I still choose to get dressed in clothes that fit my body now and make me feel good. And I still choose to put on my makeup each day. I still choose to show up this way rather than hiding like your grandma, right? She was hiding, even though we know that she could have found an outfit that fit her body that looked great. So how do you, how do you like make that choice each day? Or what does it look like for you to love where you're at? Um, while also, you know, doing the things that serve your body. Let's see if this answers it. Um, I honestly am grateful for life every single day. I feel like is a gift. So I'm a, I'm a religious person and I talk to God in my prayers and every night I ask him for another day because I'm so grateful to be here. And I think that that stems from my postpartum depression after my third baby, where I didn't want to be here anymore. I was severely suicidal and I thought that the world would be a better place without me. Um, and after you go that low and after you have those feelings and you face them, um, I've come out the other side where I'm like, oh my gosh, life is amazing. And it's exactly what I make of it. If I want to make and I want to hide because I am very postpartum, like this pregnancy being older has been so hard on my body and I haven't bounced back. I never bounced back, but this time extra long and I still don't have clothes that fit me. I'm still wearing the sweatsuits. I just went and bought a pair of jeans like that finally fit me because I'm tired of waiting. Um, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> I've realized that it's it's what I make of it, right? I can wait until I lose all of my weight before I go out and see all of my friends and go to the parties and go to my husband's work events or go on hikes or do different things because I'm, I'm waiting until I feel good about myself. But then I realize that feeling good about myself is so much deeper than what I see when I look in the mirror. I love life and that's what fuels me. And that's what makes me feel good about myself is because I genuinely love it. I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm excited. I get to, I get another day to live life. And so whether I wear sweatpants or whether I wear a bigger size of jeans, it doesn't matter because that doesn't prevent me from living life. I remember I, um, on Instagram, um, Ashley Rose Reeves told a story that hit me really hard. She had a friend that had cancer and that friend on her deathbed said something of the sorts of, I would take anybody shape, size, anybody, if it meant that I could stay longer with my kids here on the earth. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, look how much energy and how much time I wasted worrying about the, what other people think of my body and what it looks like in the mirror, rather than using my body to enjoy life, to enjoy my kids, to enjoy God's creations. I love the mountains and getting outside in the mountains like feeds my soul. And if I were to stay inside because I'm a certain size and miss out on those opportunities, I'm like, how sad is that? And so especially this time around with my postpartum body, there have been, I've gone on so many vacations and I put on a swimsuit so much this summer and this fall that I've thought afterwards, I've, I haven't regretted it once. 
not once was I like, oh man, I'm really embarrassed. I wish I would have stayed home and not put on the swimsuit because of my thighs or because of my belly or anything like that. Every single time I thought, I'm so glad I didn't miss that. I'm so glad that I put on my swimsuit and went and made memories with my kids or my friends or my husband. I'm so glad that I didn't let my size or my appearance stop me from that memory because that was a lifelong, that's a memory that I'm going to have forever. And I'm always going to cherish it. And having that this time around has just deepened my appreciation for my body. Um, and my body's ability to do hard things and to go through postpartum, right? Like having a baby is so hard (laughs) and my body did it a fifth time. And so just appreciating my body instead of being harsh on my body, like that self-compassion aspect of it. It's so it's freeing. Yeah. I feel like this is such a feel good episode. I just am, I'm loving this, these feelings that are being brought up and the feelings really that you just express are a level of gratitude and acceptance, right? And acceptance and gratitude for where your body is and what it does, right? Almost a a space of even body neutrality, right? Of like, my body shows up. It does the things that I want it to do. It fulfills my purpose, right? And that's, that's so powerful and how grateful I am that you chose to not stay home and plan a hike. So I got to meet you on the hike, right? And, and I love from this perspective too, sometimes the, the trickiest thing, the, the space that we get into with our bodies is this comparison. And yeah, we compare to others, but we often compare our bodies to what it once was. And so we often, when in our brains, we're thinking, oh, my body's not where it was. So I'm not as worthy of, right? But what I love is like, I met you after baby. I don't know what your body looked like before. And I love who you are. And I think sometimes in our brains, we're in, our brains are kind of like in a different body. (laughs) When the reality is, is like, kind of like the discussion of talking with a good friend, like, yeah, sometimes they've seen, like, maybe they have seen your body come and go, and then you meet someone new and they've never seen your body in a different size. That's just like, they love you. And I love this idea that there's worthiness in all stages. And the way that we enter that shame cycle really is by comparison and comparison to others. But I think even more heavily comparison to ourselves. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. It's such a trap and it doesn't go anywhere. It's a dead end every single time. Comparison doesn't serve any purpose. Um, and so as, as soon as we can remove that, um, and it's not easy, like you have to have self-compassion while learning self-compassion. Like you have to apply grace and not get mad at yourself when you notice one of those negative thoughts or those comparisons coming your way. You just have to get curious about them, think it, and then realize, oh, wait, that's not, that doesn't serve me. How can I reframe that? What's something better that can serve me and, and change it and not dwell on it. Um, but just get curious. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute (laughs) and you can let me know how you feel about this question. What about the woman who's sitting here 
And she wants, she wants to believe this. Like she wants to get into the space of gratitude for her body and acceptance. And she wants to feel like she can show up, but she doesn't feel that. And maybe she really like, maybe she really feels like she does need weight loss or she does need her body to change or she wants that change. How do you find that balance? How are you pursuing that in your own life or what, what, advice would you give her who's like, I want to feel these things, but I also want change? Uh, I want to hug that person. Um, Yeah, I think a couple things. So I'm that way right now where I know, like I have a closet full of clothes that I don't fit into still. And I love clothes, like clothes are one of my love languages. And so I really want to get back into those clothes. Right. And so I am motivated to get healthy, but it's not just the clothes. It's the hikes. It's the experiences. I don't ever want my body to prevent me from doing something that I want to do. That's my goal with fitness. It's not to look a certain way. It's to have freedom. Fitness to me is freedom. And so I think we do need to be healthy. Right. And so I think that that's a good motivation. So to that woman, I would say what your motivation to be healthy is a good thing that's a good starting spot, right? Like we want to acknowledge that your desire to be healthier is wonderful. Don't get rid of that. We don't want to trash that or put that aside. We want to stick with that. But the way to healthiness is not by being mean. It's by being kind. And so try it. That's all. That's an experiment. Get a gratitude journal start with daily affirmations and you might have to say it at first when you don't really feel it, but start saying it, start speaking kind to your body and just see the difference that it makes. Just start, just start. Like it's, it might seem it's where I had to start. Honestly, like when my therapist told me to try it, I was like, are you sure? But it does. It's amazing the feeling, the, the lightness that comes with being kind. So even if you look in the mirror and all you see is negative things, stop for a second and say, that doesn't serve me. What's something that I am grateful for my body? Well, my body did this for me today. My body gave me children or my body has, um, this going for me. I have this great thing in my life because of my body. Look for something. There will always be something good. And then hold on to that and then add another thing and then add another thing. And soon it will become easier. Um, And just be patient with yourself. Know that it's a process and it will become genuine, but at first it might not feel so genuine. You might have to force it a little bit at first, but really it's just an experiment and I promise it's worth it. Once you start speaking kind to yourself, it's like giving yourself a hug. It's like that inner child that needed something that your parents or others weren't able to give you. And then you give it to yourself and you're like, oh, it's like a deep breath where you're like, oh my gosh, I needed that. And actually I was able to give it to myself. I didn't need anybody else to give it to me. I didn't need anybody else to validate my body. I can do it. I can, everything I need is in myself. And I think that's where it starts. Yeah. And I want to, I want to continue that, continue that process of 
when you create those supportive thoughts for yourself, then go do something that supports that self-compassion. And that's exactly what you preach, right? You take the self-compassion for your body that you're working on into the mountains, into nature. And you say, this is how I'm showing, this is how I'm acting, right? I'm showing my body that I truly do love and care for it. And this through the action of getting outside because that's what fuels me even more. So it's just like this feeding cycle, right? We can feed the cycle of shame and never accomplish anything or, you know, that shame cycle of just like not not being fulfilled, or we can feed this cycle of self-compassion. The more self-compassion I have for myself, the more motivated I am to do things that support my body and support it showing up. Yep. I had a moment. So I did a a triathlon a few years ago. And my first one that I did, I had a moment while I was riding my bike. Um, It's like a 24 mile bike. And I just started crying on the bike. And I was like, what is happening to me? And I, I had this moment where I was like, I've hated my body for so many years. And look what it's capable of. Look what I did. I'm riding my bike in a triathlon using a body that I've hated. Mm. Why? Why did I hate it? And so then it got me thinking more. And it's just, it helped me shift my mindset once again to what my body can do rather than what my body looks like. So beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I feel like this has been so inspirational. So will you tell everyone where they can get more inspiration from you? Because you are really fun to follow. (laughs) Um, so I'm really active on Instagram at get out there, girl. There are underscores between each word on that. Um, and you can get on my email list. I have a website. We do local hikes. I try to do something every single month. So I do quarterly retreats and then local hikes in between those. Um, next year, I'm actually going to throw a couple date nights in there because the husbands are always jealous and want to come along. So we'll do a couple of those. So um, Instagram, my email list, those are the best places to find me. I do have a self-compassion workbook that I wrote. It's 15 days. Um, It's for the busy, the busy woman who, you know, 15 minutes for 15 days to start you on your journey. Um, I'm currently sold out of those. But if you follow me on Instagram and get on my email list, I will let you know when I have more of those printed and And those are a great starting place to, it just asks um, questions to get you curious about your inner critic and it gets you journaling and thinking and um, it's a great starting spot. I'm an advocate for journaling around here and everyone around here knows that. So um, that sounds wonderful. Well, thank you, Brittany, so much for sharing your wisdom with us, sharing your experience, sharing your messy middle, right? Sharing that, you know, there's still things that you're working through as we all are. And we, I think, that's the most beautiful vision is that there's joy to be found in the journey. There's joy to be found in the messy middle and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be bad or a negative. It can be positive and fulfilling um, along the way. So thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks for having me. Okay, my friend. If you love the Woman of Wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? 
I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.